Welcome to the Calibre podcast brought to you by Watches of Switzerland. On our first day at Basel World 2019, CEO of the Watches of Switzerland group, Brian Duffy, was lucky to sit down with George Kern, CEO of Breitling. Discussing the past, present and the future of Breitling, Mr Kern told Brian about how some of the new collections have come to be and what we can expect going forward. And, uh, and welcome uh, to our, our latest podcast. My name is Brian Duffy. I'm the Chief Executive of the Watching of Switzerland Group. Uh, delighted to be at what is a highlight of our year, the Basel Fair, and especially delighted to be here in the company of uh, George Kern. And uh, George is the CEO of Breitling. I'm delighted you could join us, George. Thank you very much for the invitation. The invitation that we were delighted that, uh, that you accepted. And uh, really, I look forward to uh, uh, to talking to you uh, about Breitling and about your your career in the world of watches. My first question is your nationality. It's a difficult. Uh, it's a very difficult question. So I have three nationalities. My father was French. My mother is German, and my wife is Swiss. I lived in France, in Germany, and in Switzerland. I have three passports. Oh. And um, I just hope that. Um, Neither France or Germany will ever ask, uh, like the US, for these tax, yeah. you know, these foreign tax uh, uh, paybacks, so I can keep my passports. Okay, <laughs> it sounds like a very devious scheme to avoid taxes, but I'm, I'm sure there is a, a great reason. But I never uh, actually, just you know, looking into your background, I thought, where is, where is George from? Because you were educated in France and spent a lot of your career in Switzerland. Yeah, born in Germany, yeah. I lived in Germany from basically zero to seven, yeah. and then from seven to uh, roughly 20 in, in, uh, in France, and then uh, mainly in Switzerland. Yeah, no, great. I mean, truly, truly a man of the world, and somebody that travels a great deal as we've been chatting. So you, you joined, uh, you, you came out of consumer products, but then uh, entered the, the watch world, joining uh, Reachmore in 2000, and then became the youngest CEO at the tender age of 36, which I know is reasonably recent. Absolutely, thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you became the CEO of uh, IWC, and uh, then uh, moved on from uh, from uh, Richmond in uh, 2017. But 20 years, more or less, in the world of watches, uh, there or thereabouts. And what attracted you, or what attracts you to the world of watches? And my first um, step into the watch industry was with Tag Heuer. Um, at the beginning of when uh, Tag took uh, over Heuer, um, and I joined. Uh, Tag Heuer in uh, 1993, uh, 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 after being at Kraft General Foods, so I was in, in the fast-moving uh, industry, and I was attracted by the management. I had no intention to go into the watch industry. Uh, they approached me, they were looking for people in marketing, young people. I was 27, 28 years old. And um, and it was a great team uh, yeah. at that time, and and the, the brand was booming. It was the first brand really investing in image campaigns and um, and not being so traditional. So I loved it, and yeah. I stayed uh, at Tag for eight years before then moving to uh, to Richemont, uh, where I worked for one of the board members for a year and a half. And then I was fortunate enough to take over uh, IWC, which was acquired a year before right. by Richemont from uh, from Manusman at that time, and um, after a huge battle. And uh, this was was a fascinating time. Yeah, and you must have left 
uh, take her reign of it to team at LV. Like exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, absolutely. So, uh, at that time, I had that opportunity to ro to, to to join Richemont, and um, and it was a great challenge, and I enjoyed every moment there. Yep. And uh, a wonderful experience across two of the, the major groups that are there, and now. Uh, your own uh, brand in many ways, one you've invested in, one, you, one you're uh, leading in the, in every sense. And you've come out then from, from a very much corporate career, or certainly corporate world, that you were probably never, if I may make an observation, never naturally uh, uh, fitting into because you're very entrepreneurial and progressive. And um, uh, Indeed, the... Um I had a good time, I mean a very good time and a very good relationship um, with uh, all, all the stakeholders at, at Richemont and we were able to build uh, at that time a fantastic brand um, which is now um, doing extremely well. Uh, and then when, when um, I had the opportunity to, 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 to join Breitling, to co-invest with CVC, this was a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, opportunity um, and when the train passes you have to, to jump on it and indeed it it it, uh, it reflects my my character in a way so yeah. uh, uh, doing it and I'm more a frontman and doing it yourself uh, with a great team with great investors in, in a great partnership because we're all sitting in the same boat yeah. I think was a fantastic uh, opportunity and let's not forget that writing at is, was or is the um, uh, only independent brand available with a critical mass in yep. turn, turnover if you if you take out Rolex, Patek and, and Audemars Piguet. Yep. And with this fantastic history we have and the phenomenal um, uh, potential of, of growth uh, in, in, in really conquering now Asia, etc., I think um, we, are, we are on a great journey. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that, I think. When we had heard that uh, that you had left uh, Richemont, um, I said right away, uh, Breitling. And I think within a couple of days we, uh, we saw the photograph on, uh, uh, was it Instagram you put out on? I can't remember which, but you put the photograph of a, of a Breitling out and confirmed to the world what they probably knew already. Well, but Brian, uh, you know me better than uh, many other people. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, a, a great move, and, and you've, you've in some way joined our world, right? You're working for private equity as we do, and uh, I think private equity, you know, gets a lot of criticism. But I'm, I'm sure you're finding, as we are, that uh, if it's the right pri private Absolutely. equity people, the right group, Absolutely. it's entrepreneurial, it's fast moving, and we can invest. Yeah. We build the brand. We build uh, brand equity. Uh, no, I'm I'm um, I'm super positive. Uh, with with the uh, with the colleagues I'm working with, uh, they're very supportive. Again, we could invest yep. um, and and uh, make quick decisions. Super yep. quick decisions. Um, what we have been doing over the last 12, 14 months, um, you know, would take in a group probably a couple of years yep. because of the processes, uh, yep. etc. Yep. Which is not negative, but it's just. Um, I, I just believe that writing fits very well in private equity at this development stage yeah, of the brand. Yep. And, and a couple of years might be different. Um, yep. But at that moment, I think it's, it's the perfect fit. Yeah. And could you just give us then a few words about when you get a hold of the brand division that you, uh, that you had immediately? Um, 
the 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 actually today I would say I didn't I didn't I didn't know the brand. Yep. I've discovered the brand yep. over the last 12, 14 months. I learned a lot. So first of all, I learned about the phenomenal history of the brand. So Breitling was never ever an aviation watch only. No. This is a recent past, and we are leading in aviation uh, as a bulk. But if you look at the 40s, 50s, 60s, and I've been seeing advertising of that time, etc., the brand was very strong in automotive sports, yep. very strong in the seas with navigation, with surfing, with. Uh, uh, with diving, so this is how we've structured now the collection in these three air, uh, areas, air, land, sea, and, uh, and um, the richness and the deepness uh, of, of the brand is phenomenal, which will give us lots of um, um, depths, I would say, to tell stories and, um, and uh, to enlarge, um, I think, our reach to different tastes yep. and different needs. So this is really what I've discovered over the last uh, 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 the, the last months, and of course the brightening style, which I think is very much reflected in the products you see today in the booth here. Yep, and uh, but I, I think you described it back then perfectly that, that you know, in many ways Brightling had its own pond uh, that it dominated, but you wanted to swim in that bigger pond and and, uh, and use all that wonderful heritage and history and reputation for the brand and broaden the appeal. And the products that we saw then coming out in Avitime at 8 and the, the premier range that we've had for the last year or so that you introduced, I think, this time last year. How, how have they gone for you overall? How have you felt? Um, no, very good. I mean, these these lines were, in a way, icebreakers from, yep. from a period where we were doing only uh, pilot's watches, big, bulky pilot's yep. watches, and suddenly we were doing more classic watches uh, or more elegant watches. What was surprising at Brightling when we joined is we had two different, totally different communities. Uh, one community loving big watches, more louder watches, and yeah. one community asking for smaller watches, yeah. like the premiers, like the top times, etc., etc. Yeah. And uh, and um, and this is what we're trying, what we're trying to do. I think you can combine both. And I said in many interviews. Mercedes wouldn't offer only four-wheel drive SUVs. Yep. They have also convertibles, they have coupes, yep. they have limousines. And this is what uh, we will be offering to the market because we have the DNA. Everything we are doing has its roots in the history of, uh, of Breitling. And we did uh, uh, elegant watches and we did women's watches and we were in different segments yep. so I don't see why we should limit ourselves to only pilot watches which yep. we are enriching we've just launched the Curtis Warhawk which is a phenomenal uh, product very successful um, with these famous uh, design elements from the shark teeth and the green color etc so we stay in aviation we've just launched um, a capsule collection with our Navi timer uh, honoring the, 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 the mythical airlines of the 70s yep. with TWA, Pan Am and Swiss Air. Yep. So all this has been done. So we will stay in aviation, yep. not only in military aviation, but also in civil aviation. And, um, but 
we have the opportunity to reach out to a new customer base or to gain again that customer base which was ours yeah. in uh, in uh, 50, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. Yep. And uh, I think it's it's right on that that analysis of the market and the brand, and and we've experienced. Uh, that moved to a broader audience with Navitime Raid and, and the Premier worked very, very well in the UK and the and in our US business. I think your new camp- campaign and the image is really ph- phenomenal, really a chapeau for uh, for that. I think it's so modern, so striking, um, so in keeping where you're, where you're taking the, the brand forward and everybody remarks on and how... It's just uh, the beginning. It's just, just the beginning. The beginning. Yeah. <laughs> But it is very 360, though. Yeah. It's, it's the store, it's the product, it's the advertising, it's it's the PR, it's the collaborations you're doing. It all makes sense. And and uh, coming from an expert marketeer uh, background, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Um, but when in the in the history of of uh, of Breitling, certainly we all think of aviation, particularly probably probably during the um, you know the Schneider years since '79 when when. Uh, the ownership change, but it, it, a lot of the history chronograph is very, very strong and absolutely pioneering in chronograph. Absolutely. And, uh, it's phenomenal. I didn't know that neither. Yeah. But Brightling invented basically everything on yeah. uh, ab- around the wrist chronograph. Yeah. Everything everybody's using today was inven- yeah. invented by these three generations of Brightlings, which uh, were heading the company for so many years. And um, and uh, and actually, one small anecdote. Apparently. The first speed ticket in history was given in Geneva thanks to two Brightling watches. So I don't know oh. if we should be proud about that, but it's be. a matter of <laughs> it's a matter of fact. Yeah. Thanks to the chronographs yeah. of Brightling. Yeah. There you go. I mean, wonderful old things when you look back in the history. Uh, obviously, aviation, but also so pulsal graphs. You know, back yeah. there when chronographs were used. To I mean, we. Um, I'm, we're very fortunate to have a phenomenal collector called Fred Mandelbaum, who oh, became yes. a Fred, a friend, him. and uh, he, he's a guy I visited first when I joined the company, and he lives in Vienna, and he has six, seven hundred Brightling yeah, watches. Wow. Is this is one of the biggest, or the by far the biggest collection in the industry, and I'm telling you. I mean, we have done now the re-editions in Abitimer 806 from 1959. We have been inspired by his collection to do our um, civil aviation watches, Pan Am, yeah. etc. Uh, there will be a second capsule collection at the end of the year. I have enough material in Fred's house for the <laughs> next 20 years. Yeah. In terms of limited editions, in terms of capsule collections, in terms of whatever you want. Yeah. It's all there. This company has one of the widest uh, back catalogs in the yeah. industry, and and we have everything and everything unique. Yeah. And I'm just wearing now the Pan Am, for instance, which yeah. I love, with this Air Racer bracelet, which was yeah. worn by uh, Miles Davis and, and Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah. It's so different yeah. from everything the industry is doing yeah, with rich. the orange yeah. figures, etc. So it's it's the beauty is it's very different, very unique, um, and 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 as I said, we have material for the next uh, for the next twenty years. Yeah, what I mean, wonderful and wonderful for the great followers of Breitling to hear that. And I met Fred actually at oh, you the, met him, the yeah. events, and I get what a wonderful asset to have yeah. to someone with that passion and knowledge. And uh, is it fair? I mean, it, so the the first chrono uh, wristwatch, the, the first pushers, I think. Yeah, first mono pushers, two yeah. pushers. Yeah, it was all invented by yeah. 
by brightening. It pushes it to and four, and yeah. then the uh, the automatic. You were part, I guess, of a of a, a threesome that developed the first automatic. Yes, was uh, higher from the sixties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it fair to say that of for today's relevance, you know, the biggest development for for Breitling was in nineteen fifty two with an Abbey timer or? I mean, it's the most iconic product yep. um, uh, we have in the line. I mean, it's, it's, it, it was the first computer on the wrist, if you want, yep. because with, with this famous sliding, sliding rule, yep. of course, nobody's using the sliding rule today, yeah. but it has, it is a look, you know, yeah. it, it gives a very strong yeah. look. Same thing, I mean, we're not just launching a, a diving swatch. Nobody's going to dive to 1,000 meters. I mean, yeah. it's, not, but it's the, the, uh, the idea of yeah. having such a product on your wrist which makes it interesting and the story again you're not selling time here yeah. you're not selling time you tell you you're selling an emotion you're selling a story you're you're uh, you're selling a relationship to something very personal yeah. in particular to a man um, and uh, and this is why this product is still so successful and and it's why people love love that look, which is so unique of, yeah. of that Navi timer. Yeah, my my son is a Navi timer, and, uh, and loves it. He has a couple of great. other products too that I won't mention the brand, but he always wears as a Navi timer. Thank you, I'll thank him in your behalf. <laughs> He's always loved it from yeah. the beginning, and uh, and still does it. And uh, I haven't seen all of the products yet. I look forward to seeing them uh, uh, later today and tomorrow. Uh, but just going through everything that you've got up on the website, I mean, a huge development in Navitimer one looked uh, looked fantastic. The choice and the variety. Yes. Yeah, so what we um, we we have done over the last couple of months is also launching automatic versions in 38 millimeters yep. for for women. It has been doing extremely well. Now we're launching uh, the 41 millimeter for more for men. Uh, so it's a very elegant watch, yep. but with that typical Navitimer look. Yep. Uh, indeed, then, as I said, we, we launched the capsule collection on the Navitimer. On the Navitimer 8, uh, we launched the, the Curtis Warhawk, which, you know, this, with that typical green dial and the green look reflecting the design also of, of the plane, the Super Ocean. And uh, sorry to come back also on the Navitimer, the uh, eight, uh, the the limited or re-edition of, of the most mythical Navitimer of all times of 1959. And here we worked all the details to make it really as accurate as possible to the product of that time of 1959. So it's the same size. It. Uh, um, uh, the same, I would say, design of the of the dial. We've we had to develop because this movement doesn't exist anymore. Uh, a new hand wound movement. So we're launching with that series a new hand wound movement, a manual chronograph movement, yep. uh, which is which is great. Um, so yes, I think we've been very accurate towards that product. It's why also on social media the response has been yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think it looked great. The 41 millimeter range is right on for today. So wearable uh, everywhere, and uh, the 38 I think is a genius move as well. I mean, not to be sort of disrespectful to anything in the past, but I think a couple of years ago I came here and saw the introduction of uh, women's Breitling and it was very small, I think probably like 21 millimeter. And um, I get the logic of it, but it was completely wrong for a, a woman that would be buying into, you know, everything. It has to fit to the brand. The brand. And, and Absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, and a 38 is perfect. You'll get all of that, you know, look and feel and functionality, but at a, a size that uh, that makes sense. And the Cro- Chrono GMT at 46, I think. Yeah, the uh, Chrono GMT yeah. 46 on the Navi Timer with yeah. the blue and the black dial, which is beautiful. Yeah. Phenomenal product. Yeah, with the contrasting subdials. Which very is very special. much, that's very much also part of the DNA of, of DNA of writing. Another thing I discovered, for instance, this famous what we call the panda look, you know, back yeah. counters Those on silver so, dial yeah. or reverse panda. Yeah. So you see colors yeah. in, a, in a positive way very much at, at Brighton. We did yeah. it on the Norton. We, we do it on all our products. It's, it's more colorful, uh, but because of our DNA yeah. than for many other brands. But I think it's super tasteful, so I love it. I personally yeah. love it because it's less boring and it's done in a way which makes it very sustainable. But uh, these color codes are unique. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought the choice of blues were, were very, very nice, but uh, very beautiful con- uh, contrast overall. And um, your favorite from? Difficult. It's like you know, <clears throat> you know. These are all my babies, and yeah. and you love all your babies. Um, but um, I I love. I mean, the Super Ocean. I was wearing this this morning for yeah. the interview uh, to honor you. I'm wearing my <laughs> Navitama Pan Am with the um, with the Air Racer breasted. Yeah. It's very very different, very yeah. uh, very particular. Yeah. But I think it's mega cool. It's a mega cool uh, yeah. product. Yeah. And again, we want to be different. We want to be the relaxed alternative towards yeah. the more conservative brands out there. Yep. And in everything you see, you know, in our loft style design, industrial design, boutiques, the sports we are dealing with, with surfing, uh, triathlon, um, these are sports where I think people can relate to yeah. more than probably Formula One, which is very far far away so we want to be a very inclusive brand we are exclusive yeah. by definition because of the price of our products or limited distribution but we want to be inclusive in terms of feeling in terms yeah. of how we talk to the clients um and uh, and and with that style which is a much more relaxed style i think we can and with the design all this uh, makes a package which uh, hopefully is differentiating enough to, to reach out to uh, yep. to very uh, younger and 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 uh, still sophisticated clientele. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know as you express it, it's also clear and logical. But I think, as I said earlier, you really see it coming through. Your choice of ambassadors as well. I think Kenny Slater, yeah. all these people. These are other type uh, of people. And by the way, they're also very environmental friendly. And we yep. launch with Kelly. Uh, the Econil straps, which is made out of uh, recycled nylon from from fishing nets, and young people do relate yeah, to this. Sure. They 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 want that. They want recycled packaging, etc., etc. We don't we don't need these big uh, wooden boxes, etc. Yeah. People today think in different ways, yeah. and and these ambassadors are totally different from uh, ambassadors from other brands. Yeah. No. No. I'd agree. And. Uh, one of our favorite photographs we were looking at with uh, Brad Pitt and Adam Diver and Charlize and you. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
It looked very inclusive and very natural. You looked like you belonged in that company perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm much cheaper than they, they are. For the moment. But, uh, yeah, so you, you were, uh, in terms of sort of moving on, finally, you, you've, have you moved from uh, from Zurich? Are you moving between Zurich and Grenchen? You've obviously moved. Yeah, so we have our manufacturing center yeah. in, uh, in La Chaux-de-Fonds. We have yeah. our head offices and assembly in Grenchen, and we have yeah. what I would call a marketing service office in Zurich where we have all the digital teams we have recruited many international managers and it was very difficult to convince them to live in Grenchen yeah. which I understand so we had to open an office in uh, in Zurich, in Zurich yeah. but they also um, commute between Zurich and, and Grenchen but they uh, so it's it's I mean anyway we're um, in in a world of of of, uh, of mobility and it's yeah. not a problem at all yeah and um, you're still managing to find some time to, to cycle and indulge in. Yeah, so uh, thank God the season starts again and we have a place in Mallorca and yeah. I love to go there. And after the fair, actually, I will be there for three, four days and yeah. um, being cycling with my friends, it's 22, 23 degrees over there. Yeah, so perfect. I'm looking forward. Yeah, but, but I invite you uh, to join me in doing the double coronation race in South Africa right. in November, which I've done yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Jan Frodeno and many other stars uh, last year. It's only 210 kilometers, 2,500 kilo- uh, meters of difference of, of high, and you will do this very easily. Yeah, I just have to have that little electric motor on the back, <laughs> and it'll be no, no problem. I did the 100 mile uh, one in London. Ah, excellent. And I a couple Congratulations. Of years ago and uh, uh, and enjoyed excellent. that. But it, what is it, over two days? I know, it's in a one run. It's boom. It's one run? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, we did it last year in six and a half hours. And the change of altitude is all downhill, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> and how about uh, drumming? You, you know, you're, you're quite an accomplished drummer. I managed to uh, witness ah, this. I was so stressed over the last. I, I've, I should do more. And what I need is an objective. So uh, I need to know when I'm going to play with yeah. a big band. Yeah. And I did this in the past, which was a lot of fun. So I've been, yeah. I've been very fortunate to play with, with big, big stars. Yeah. Um, and these were some of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, I don't know whether you know I play guitar and the Yeah, and but the I, I, we discussed about that. So we yeah, should yeah. do a, yeah, yeah. a group. We should do an Orum Breitling a, a yeah. rock band and uh, we what, just need to find watches singers. Of, watches of Switzerland. Well, yeah. You can you can join it. Yeah, it's okay. a generic term. Okay. But George, really wonderful. And uh, the first few days of Basel for you to give us uh, some time, and it's uh, always a great pleasure to, to hear your thoughts and and uh, congratulations and, and even already the the reaction that has been to what you've done here and what you're doing with uh, with this brand. We all we all watch with uh, great attention and, uh, and wonderment, Thank you. and not surprised that it's uh, going so well. No, Goodbye. thank you very much for your support, and um, and uh, yeah, I hope that many of your listeners uh, will you know come to see these new products in your stores uh, in the coming weeks. Yep, I'm sure they will. We have you well represented throughout the UK now in Las Vegas and uh, in Miami yeah. and uh, and New York. So great. great, thank you. For thank the you. Time. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of Calibre Podcast. As always, please do subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're now available on Spotify as well as all the usual places you listen to your podcasts.